This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to The Property Show. I'm Keith Kam. Airbnb is the world's most wide-reaching hospitality player that doesn't own any of the accommodations it lists on its website. This is one company that has disrupted the hospitality industry by offering more options for travellers worldwide to experience countries, cities and cultures at a more local level. Just as importantly, it's also a chance to make some side income if you can provide that accommodation. And joining me this morning is Mitch Goh. She is Airbnb's Head of Public Policy for Southeast Asia, India, Hong Kong and Taiwan. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning, Keith. It's great to be here. I understand you're in India. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm in Goa right now. Um, We're launching a partnership with the government here. So, um, dialing in quite early in the morning from Goa. Now, Mitch, Airbnb, you guys frequently conduct surveys. How are they normally conducted? How frequent are these surveys? Yeah, I mean, we, we, conduct, we conduct surveys fairly frequently. Typically, every time we have a topic that we're interested in understanding and, and if they're interesting or important topics, we try and conduct surveys with external research partners to better understand things like trends and perceptions. And this time around, what were the general themes you were looking to reveal? I think with the survey that we most recently conducted, what we were really trying to understand is is that we knew that the world clearly had gone through a very big thing with the pandemic. We wanted to see after travel borders had reopened, what trends were looking like and how travel trends were evolving. We also were very, very curious about Malaysians' perceptions towards hosting and towards Airbnb in general as a company. So with the research survey that we conducted, uh, we essentially commissioned an external company called YouGov Mm-hmm. Um, and this was done in early October. What was surprising about it or not quite so surprising? What stood out for you? Yeah, so actually this is the the, the one I, I mentioned is actually the most recent survey that we conducted. We also conducted another survey at the end of the pandemic. And I think what stood out for me with this most recent one is how enduring some of the trends that came out of the pandemic were. So in the first survey that we conducted, we saw that people really wanted to um, stay longer in certain places, that they had flexibility when they traveled. And also really importantly, that they wanted to travel to more off the beaten path locations. Mm-hmm. I think what is what we've seen with this most recent survey that we conducted with YouGov is that these trends have endured and that these types of patterns still remain. But I think what's also really interesting that uh, we found is that uh, more and more people are considering hosting. Yeah. Um, and I think they're doing so also because they want to take it, take into advantage new appetite for travel. So, for example, we saw about 43% of Malaysian homeowners are considering hosting in the coming year. And yeah. um, 85% of them polled also said that they were looking for new ways to sort of offset the rising cost of living with the things that are happening now with the, with the economic climate. So, yeah. so what does Airbnb do with this information? Now that you know so many, um, 43% of homeowners are keen to explore hosting. What do you guys do with this information? So I think what we do is that we take the information and we think really about how we can um, sort of announce product features that are helpful to support this desire for hosting. Mm-hmm. So for example, we recently launched a couple of different features on the platform. One is um, a, a new improved sort of um, host guarantee program, which we call AirCover which now protects every listing for up to 3 million USD in damages. We um, screen all reservations. And so we're trying to find ways in which we um, take the insights that we find from the surveys and um, surface kind of product features that we know will be helpful 
um, around this hosting intent. What was it like before this cover was introduced? Were these problems quite prevalent? I think we've always um, prioritized safety on the Airbnb platform. So it's always been a, a key thing for us to make sure that that behavior has no place on, on the Airbnb platform. Yeah. So we have very strict and clear community policies that all guests and all hosts have to adhere to. And in instances, if they um, do something that's against our community policy, they um, may be removed as well. So with things like air cover, I think it's just a, a more comprehensive way of looking at the protections that we allow for hosts and for guests as well. So we also have air cover for guests. Um, but it's really a robust way of thinking about um, kind of inspiring trust on the platform. Yeah. Okay, Mitch, uh, let's say I'm interested in putting up a place on Airbnb, becoming a yeah. host. Uh, do I need to have like an entire apartment or maybe even just a room? How does it work? Yeah, so I think anyone can actually be a host on, on Airbnb as long as you have a space that you want to share. Mm -hmm. So um, we've seen that people are interested in staying in all types, all different types of spaces when they book on Airbnb. So whether you have a spare room or you have an apartment or you have an entire villa, which is what I'm staying in now in Goa, nice. we know that our guests look for a, a huge variety of different types of accommodation. So what maybe you would want to do as a potential host is to do a couple of things. One, um, you would probably need to assess if your space is a good fit and to honestly kind of catalog and describe the features that you have in your space. Like whether it is staircases that you have in your house or whether it is just a single bit um, that you're offering up, I think it's really important to set clear expectations um, about the space that you are hosting in. And then, of course, I think you would also want to add bits of your personality to the space that you host. Like, is it a print of a place that you love to visit or is it um, maybe a special um, box of chocolates from a local chocolatier? Like, all of these things also create great experiences for guests. How lucrative can a business like this be? Because uh, you mentioned that a lot of Malaysians are looking to offset their, their cost of living. Is this able to be one of the solutions for them? I, I guess in the same way that there is a huge variety of accommodation types, there's also a huge variety in like, ways of hosting. So we have people who host very occasionally, we have people who host more frequently. But I think the kind of underlying thing that we're starting to see, and you've mentioned this also in the way you asked the question, is that we know that um, more and more people are looking for new ways to offset rising costs of living. In fact, 85% of Malaysians yeah. said that they were, they were looking to do so. So, yeah, I mean, it really just depends on what, um, what kind of space you have to host, uh, available to host, and how frequently you decide to do so. And that really affects your, your hosting income. So this 85%, this 43% of homeowners who are keen to explore hosting, these are just people who have expressed intention to do so, right? That's right, that's right. So, um, it's 85 So essentially, the way we conducted the polls, we chose a representative, or rather the partner that we worked with, YouGov, um, chose a representative sample of Malaysians. Yeah. Um, across the country and across economic stratas. And that was the findings that we found. Have you actually seen an uptick in Malaysians offering their homes or rooms on, on Airbnb right now compared to prior to the pandemic? So I, I don't have the exact specific um, figures, but I think the, the hosting intent that the numbers that we just chatted about are kind of, kind of a really strong indication that more and more people are considering hosting. Is Airbnb reaching out to uh, these people, maybe, you know, encourage them to, to put their homes up uh, for hosting? Um, we So, I mean, a lot of information is available on the Airbnb website. Yeah. And we uh, I think the thing that we are focusing more on as a company also is to try and um, find ways to make it more easy for people to understand how to set up their uh, listings and how to start earning income on our platform. So most recently also, we launched something called Airbnb Setup, yeah. which basically connects people with different super hosts in their areas. 
Um, and this access to host, super hosts enables uh, potential new hosts to get sort of one-to-one -one guidance from a, from a super host. And this is really, um, it's up to you to tap into this person and to tap into this expertise to support your hosting journey. Yeah. How does one become a super host? Oh, uh, I mean, you have to host quite a few times and I, I can't remember the exact metrics, but you have to have five-star, like a certain percentage of five-star ratings from right. the guests who have booked your res a reservation in your listing. I mean, you've been doing this for quite a number of years. I'm sure you've stayed in a lot of Airbnb. You've been an Airbnb guest for, you know, quite a long time. What are some of the tips which you say, uh, which you advise uh, people who want to host to actually provide in their accommodation? Yeah, so I think there are really different things for different people and different types of guests. So um, it really depends also on what sort of traveler you're, try you're trying to host. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen uh, most recently that there are a lot of travelers who are interested in more long-term stays. And do in doing so, I think we saw about 47% of people are looking more at long-term stays and hence want to choose a property that would make it easy and comfortable for them to stay long-term. Right. So if that is your target in mind, like, I, I would advise hosts to think about what a long-term traveler needs. Like they probably need a washing machine. They probably need um, a dining table. They probably need like full crockery and um, pots and pans in the kitchen. So thinking about what sort of guests you want to host and the types of amenities that they would need when they're staying in a listing, like that would probably be a great way to start. Um, I think the personal touches that someone can add to their property is also another one. Like for me, I have a specific kind of like aesthetic that I really like. So if I see that um, a host has a like really nicely designed uh, living space, which is where I spend a lot of time when I stay in a listing, like that would also definitely attract me to the listing. Mitch, I do remember staying in uh, in an Airbnb property in Rome once. I was a bit surprised mm -hmm. that, you know, this is the first time I was actually staying in, an, in a property that wasn't hosted by the person owning it. It was by a company that was managing a few Airbnb properties. How does this, this work? Yeah, so I think it's a global platform and, and as a platform that offers really a, a variety of accommodation types, we know that different travellers have different um, things that they look out for when they are travelling. So what, has, what this means is that hosts of all different sorts are now hosting on the platform as, as well. So it could be anyone who's an individual sharing their spare room uh, very occasionally to someone who's perhaps running a small business. Uh, through the Airbnbs that they provide. I think um, what, what is the most important thing is really around how, like, the quality of hosting that you provide and the level of personal touch that you add to your listings as well. Um, I think anyone can be a great host, right? Um, mm -hmm. As long as they think about what sort of features that they want to provide to their guests and how they can make a stay really personalized and interesting for a potential traveler. So oh. we now really just have a huge variety of accommodation types and a huge variety of hosts on the platform. And I think it basically offers more choice to a potential guest. We are talking to Mitch Goh, Airbnb's Head of Public Policy for Southeast Asia, India, Hong Kong and Taiwan on The Property Show this morning. In a little while, we will take a look at how current buzzwords like climate change and meeting the UN Sustainable Development Goals might have on Airbnb's trends. BFM 89.9. We are back on The Property Show on BFM 89.9. We have Mitch Go. She's Airbnb's Head of Public Policy for Southeast Asia, India, Hong Kong and Taiwan with us this morning. Now, Mitch, this also fascinates me. Airbnb is not always about accommodation because I know many people are seeking experiences. How does this work? Yeah, of course. So I think that's a good question. And what um, I think the insight that we were looking at when we launched Experiences was that we knew that people, when they came to the Airbnb platform, were looking for a more experiential form of travel. And similarly, I think we know that Malaysians are also looking for this sort of travel. And especially after two to three years of 
pretty much no international travel due to the pandemic, we know more and more people are now seeking new and unique experiences that they can enjoy. So one thing that we're really seeing happen across APEC is that more people tend to be gravitating towards off-the-beaten-path destinations that are a bit outside of the tourism hotspots. So instead of going to cities that are kind of the most popular cities in the country, they're looking for newer destinations that are near to forests, mountains, beaches, and and so and so. And it is really because of this desire for experiential travel that I think is leading them to these places that are outside of the typical tourist path. So in Malaysia, we saw that there are a couple of people, places like Ipoh, Kua, Seminya, and Port Dixon that are emerging as top trending destinations that guests are searching for. Mm-hmm. And I think what Airbnb is always trying to do also is to provide an experiential experience that is very, very much host-led. I like that. It's something that's very local and you don't expect accredited tourist guides to be able to take you on. What are some of the tips that you would have for Malaysians who might want to consider providing these kinds of services? I think maybe what um, Malaysians who are interested in providing these types of experiences can do is to think about what they have great expertise or insight on or maybe even access to that would be interesting for a traveller to their city or to their destination. So if you are an expert at batik, for example, like Malaysian batik, think about ways in which you can include the traveller in the process and to teach them really not just about how batik is made, but also things like the history, how it's different potentially from other types of batik in the region, I think these are all things that travellers are very, very curious about. And the host plays a very, very big role in providing the context and providing information about like these types of experiences. The listing for these experiences, are they different from listing your accommodations? How do they work? Do I need credentials for, for one thing? It's quite different. So I think what we really try and make sure that we do is that people, a, a potential host must have sort of a different perspective on what they are offering. So they are either an expert in the subject matter, they have access to things that other people don't have access to, like Mm. maybe perhaps a different part of an attraction or a different part of a a location. And it is really this high level of expertise and access that is a, a priority for us when it comes to experiences. I want to go back to what we were discussing earlier and that is on putting up your home for hosting. There's always that sticky legal constraint in Malaysia in terms of offering up homes for short-term rental. I was wondering if you could shed some light on what's the latest here. That's a good question. So we have always worked with governments across the world. I think we do that because short-term rental is a bit of a new business activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are a traveller in the past, I think you would typically only think about staying in like traditional forms of tourism accommodation like hotels, motels, bed and breakfast. But short-term rental is a pretty new phenomenon. And what that means is that a lot of local governments, federal governments don't have clear regulations in place yet. Yeah. So in Malaysia, one of our top priorities is to really work closely with government to enact clear and sensible short-term rental regulations. And we've done so at the federal level and at the local state level as well. We were previously working at the national level with different ministries to try and craft national level guidelines that would enable a clearer set of rules for people who are interested in hosting and for people who are interested in staying in short-term rental accommodation. So we remain really committed to working with government, to sharing best practice, so that a clear framework can essentially be created that allows hosts to host safely and to allow guests to access the travel accommodation that they desire. Without this kind of framework right now, um, what sort of risk would there be for, you know, say the guest or even the host? One thing to think about or remember is that Airbnb has pretty strong protections and coverage through our air cover for hosts and for our guests. So that already at the baseline are things that we're doing as a platform to ensure that every stay that happens is a trusted stay and a safe stay. But beyond that, I think the guidelines that local authorities set 
really are a signal that the industry is something that is regulated clearly. It's, it's really important because there are so many different parts of this ecosystem, right? Many hosts in Malaysia are everyday Malaysians who just want to earn a living. They are also very reliant on local businesses and they're very much embedded in their local neighborhood. For example, they engage local businesses like cleaning services or laundromats. They help to connect guests with the best restaurants and eateries and cafes in the area. And these are all important parts of the ecosystem. So we think that a clear short-term rental regulatory framework helps to protect all of the different stakeholders that are involved in this equation. And Mitch, uh, you're very clear that Airbnb isn't against regulations for short-term rentals. What sort of regulations are you hoping to see introduced? Yeah, that's actually a great question. I think you know, that's something that we've been very, very clear about all, all along in Malaysia. We've always said that regulations are a good thing. It helps everybody understand what expectations there are when they conduct short-term rental. We've basically re- released principles around good regulations in the past. And we advise for a couple of things. One, that there should be some sort of national level framework because it helps to create a clear sort of foundation that local authorities can think about when they are implementing it in their local area. That's one thing. Any regulation also should not just be focused purely on one platform like Airbnb. There are other competitors in this area too. So it should really be looking at the entire industry. The third thing is that it should be really simple to understand because the vast majority of our hosts are individuals. They don't have legal departments. They don't have finance departments. So creating legislation that is simple to understand and simple to apply for and obtain is something that's also really, really key. Mitch, we are now into the fourth administration uh, since since all this started. Are you finding it difficult to engage with the local authorities or the government in terms of coming up with something more concrete for short-term rentals? There's been so much flux in Malaysia over the past couple of years. So it's been an interesting experience for us as well. But I think we've seen a very, very strong curiosity at the local level to understand what best practices are when it comes to regulations. So we've always had a pretty good sort of relationship with local authorities and they tend to ask us really interesting and good questions to try and better understand what short-term rental looks like in their local areas. So we look forward to continuing that sort of engagement and the relationship that we have at the local level to make sure that we are thinking about a set of rules that are good for hosts, good for local businesses and good for potential guests as well. Local authorities aside, I think there have been some pushback as well from the Malaysian Association of Hotels, if I remember correctly, before 2018. What has that led to? Where are you guys now? We always have had hotels as part of our platform, to be honest. So as a global platform, we have a huge variety of accommodation types, right? Everything ranging from service apartments to boutique hotels to villas and to apartments. And we also have good global partnerships with big brands like the Escort Group, Oakwood, with top hotels also in KL, for example, like EQ. All of them are all hosting with us and also seeing good business happen on our platform uh, as a result of that. So we're also seeing more and more developers and hotels actually reach out to us across the Southeast Asia region to be listed on Airbnb. And I think they see that we attract a very diverse range of domestic and international guests, both for short-term and long-term stays. So they also want to tap into this growing guest segment. Now, I think we can safely say that the pandemic has, uh, I wouldn't say it's over, but a lot has changed since uh, 2020. What are some of the trends that you are seeing with people now being able to travel a bit more freely, China notwithstanding? I think two of the biggest trends that we've actually seen is the rise in long-term stays. So we know that more and more people are travelling and staying longer on Airbnb as they sort of seek to live and work from anywhere. 
So globally, for example, long-term stays comprise about 20% of the total nights booked on Airbnb in the third quarter of this year. And this sort of, I think, lends to this trend of being able to travel more flexibly as well. When we ran a survey earlier this year, we found that one in four Malaysians say that they are open to traveling during more off-peak times of the year. And I think that's a great thing, right? Instead of people just traveling during the summer months or the Christmas break, now this sort of travel is more spread out. So those are two kind of large trends that we're starting to see happen post-pandemic. What are you expecting 2023 to be like? I think there is a lot of optimism around travel in 2023. We started this year actually with a lot of borders still remaining not open and with a lot of travel restrictions in place. But I think we've seen all of that sort of fall away to the side. And as a result of that, we've seen a huge rebound in travel. So there is a huge amount of optimism when it comes to travel. I think in 2023, we know that people always want to travel and I think the pandemic really reminded them that in-person connections are really, really key. Mm -hmm. And so even though there is a challenging macroeconomic climate happening, we have seen that people still want to travel. For example, one in three Malaysians are still looking for ways to travel despite rising costs. So I think there is quite a bit of optimism for next year. Finally, Mitch, I remember going to an Airbnb event once. It's an event where you guys are helping hosts to go more green. What's the latest on that front? Yeah, so, so we did a lot of work on that front, actually. We launched Malaysian Green Stays Awards where we awarded different listings with a kind of Green Stays Award that recognises the efforts that they're putting in towards energy conservation, towards sustainable practices. But that has been a long-standing priority for us as a business. And so in July this year, we announced a Memorandum of Understanding with the Malaysian Green Technology and Climate Change Corporation. And that was really to try and drive a more green and more environmentally conscious form of travel through a series of initiatives. We already know that Malaysian hosts are very interested in this space. Like There was, I think, a total of 12 different properties that we awarded the awards to. But we are also thinking about how we can make sure that even more Malaysian hosts who are interested in sustainability know how to incorporate sustainable practices into their hosting. So we will continue to conduct sustainability workshops with different accommodation providers. We are also co-creating an energy conservation guide for all Airbnb stays. I think the hope that we're trying to achieve with this is that consumer awareness of going green is already very, very high. But how can we also make sure that accommodation providers are providing these sorts of sustainable and green practices? Mitch Go, Airbnb's Head of Public Policy for Southeast Asia, India, Hong Kong and Taiwan. Thank you very much for the chat and all the best to you. Thank you so much, Keith. It was great speaking with you. If you've missed any part of this conversation, you can download the podcast via the BFM app on Google Play and the Apple App Store or just go on to bfm.my. This has been The Property Show. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.